Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space with a specific focus on folks who identify as women. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. This is your host, Diana Crash, and today I am joined by the lovely, fabulous Maggie Wilson of Fruit Slabs, CMO of Fruit Slabs, that is, (laughs) one of my earliest supporters of this podcast and one of my earliest guests who always imparts infinite wisdom and personality, class, charm, all of the wonderful things. I'm so glad to have you here today. Yes, it's so nice to be back. It's so it's so great. I love that intro. <laughs> I didn't warn you on that one. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start this episode as I start every episode with our fave pot, fave not pot. And in case you have never listened, that means we're going to talk about our favorite cannabis related item at the moment um, and our favorite non-cannabis related item. So I'm going to begin. Uh, Cannabis Workers Coalition is my fave pot thing. It's um, not a product. It's an organization. And I'm just going to read a little bit from their website. Um, The Cannabis Workers Coalition is a nonprofit community-based worker center that organizes and provides support to low-wage workers who are not already members of a collective bargaining organization or have been legally excluded from coverage by U.S. labor laws. So they provide a lot of resources, and one of the ones I pay attention to most because I have about five seconds of you know, attention to spend at any given moment <laughs> is their Instagram account because they put out so much valuable information in short consumable um, ways, you know, like social media, right? Right. (laughs) That's valuable. But they bring up topics that I've been, you know, trying to draw attention to myself and saying, why isn't there more, why aren't there more people talking about this? Not saying like, not to get on my soapbox and say, I'm the one talking about it, but I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, that they're, they're talking about how immigration intersects with your employee rights as, and, and how that affects you if you want to work in cannabis, you know, um, So, and they tell you about how, you know, like what your rights are in, in COVID during the pandemic, um, and how the companies are allowed to treat you with, you know, taking time off and things like that. Um, and I know they're also, uh, they also put out a call recently for contributors for their website. So, um, definitely check them out and I'll put the link in the notes for that. So what's your fave pot, Maggie? Oh, my fave pot would definitely be uh, Project Mission Green and the Weldon Project. Mm. Um, I met Weldon Angelos at the Emerald Cup 2019 and heard him speak 
Uh, and the Weldon, I'll read from their website, the Weldon Project is dedicated to funding social change and financial aid for those who are still serving prison time for cannabis-related offenses. Wow. Uh, they do different partnerships with people in the legal cannabis industry. Uh, they actually just did a partnership with, I think I'm, I might pronounce it wrong, St. Ides. Uh, they did like an official collaboration. Um, basically, Weldon was this, um, like this hip hop producer who was working with uh, Daz Dillinger and Snoop Dogg and like, mm -hmm. all these amazing people. And then he got arrested for a cannabis possession in Utah. And um, there was basically like some undercover informant type of deal. And he was arrested for, you know, basically having less than $600 worth of cannabis. And he, because Utah had mandatory minimums, he was sentenced to 55 years. Like, wow, 55 years in prison. Jeez. And he served 13 of those years. And then he got out. Uh, with the help of like Cory Booker and Bonnie Raitt and Alicia Keys, all these amazing people that stood behind him to help him get him out. And now like he came out of it and he started Project Mission Green. Um, and I absolutely like, I'm obsessed with it. Like I, anytime I can fundraise for it, I fundraise for it because the money directly goes to like the prison commissaries. Wow. Like, yeah, Weldon has set it up to where, his organization like you can donate directly to somebody's commissary that's amazing their... yes! like that is so a, that is a game changer like that's a game changer because there's some people in prison who have to make the decision of whether they get to call home for christmas or right. a holiday or or have deodorant right or have something edible to eat you know depending on their situation you know because well anyway yeah <laughs> that is like really really amazing to put it directly yeah. in the hands of people who need the money I'm a big huge proponent of anything that does that um that's awesome yeah, they are the they are the literal best shit ever <laughs> <laughs> they're my fave pot uh fave cannabis uh, corporation like they're not a corporation collaborate you know they are they're the real deal like Weldon's the real real fucking deal and he you know just he's experienced it he's one of those people that's like yeah I've I've served the time and there's a lot there you know he has a profile for like every single person that's in in jail or in prison for nonviolent cannabis crimes so those and that's like about 2,000 people like over half of the people who are in prison for cannabis crimes are nonviolent offenders like Weldon sold weed to a childhood friend who just happened to be uh, informant. Wow. Um, so like, you know, it, it's never safe, uh, but, but he came out of it and he got a pardon from, you know, the former president uh, last wow. year, you know? Wow. So like, he's a real deal. If you can support like anybody, like if they're looking for something to support, like learning and educating and listening to Weldon speak is such vital. Like it is absolutely everybody needs to know and listen to his story and hear what he's doing to really make it right and not just be like oh I'm in this industry to make money and be a millionaire and get in vogue like right you know. <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not like that <laughs> yeah right I know uh like we were talking about season one and you're you know well again I said one of the earliest guests look back at some of the people that had that attitude in season one and see where they are now anyway um <laughs> 
my my fave not pot is still cannabis related, but very distantly. I mean, I, they talk about cannabis, um, but it's again another. Well, I don't want to say that it's just a social media account because it's not. This is a movement, and it's called Highly Human. And they do have a website, and their website says um, that it's a queerative space for the human race. And they uh, clearly have graphic design experience because their graphics are incredible. But they release these um, posts that are like several pages long, and they're extremely informative. They talk about raging against white supremacy. Uh, they talk about all of the social constructs and how we need to dismantle these oppressive systems that we live under. Um, and I mean, they go deep. You know what I mean? It's not like just a, oh, we should all, like these are these are like really deep messages that are so profound. Um, wow. And I, you know, hopefully one day we'll have that person who's in charge of the account on this <laughs> podcast, but I, I can't speak too much about that yet, but definitely check it out. The, um, the handle is highly human on Instagram and you can find their website um, from there, but I'll just say right now that it is, we are highly but you find a lot more on their Instagram. Um, which again oh. is the case nowadays for some people, <laughs> a lot of people really. So what's your this fave Instagram, not pot? I'm sorry. My, no, you're totally good. This Instagram makes me want to go to their website. Right. That's how good this Instagram is. Like, and then you go to their website and it's like, you're in outer space. Hello. This is amazing. Hello. Yeah. Right. I know. I love it. I'm so happy that you, I, that you, Oh my God, I'd never heard of this. And this makes me so happy. Right. And oh, they don't write all it. the content, but they give credit to who does. And they package the words in such a way where you're like, wow, this is so profound. And I need this right now. Um, so it's, it's love, really great. Love. My favorite not pot right now is actually this woman here in LA who has this amazing uh, organization called Lunch on Me. Mm -hmm. And it's a nonprofit where they provide plant-based food and healing to the underserved community here in LA. Mm. And she just expanded to Atlanta. Wow. So she's going to be helping people there. And she basically has these um, like partnerships with uh, Whole Foods and other like plant-based food providers and things where she provides food to people uh, who who are homeless, who are underserved, who, you know, need help. And you can find like her Instagram is lunch on me and she has a bodega in Koreatown. So like um, sh she's just all around amazing. Uh, I found out about her through my friend Rico, who is her brother who made these amazing malas for, um, I met him after a Red Rock show uh, a couple years ago, and he made these amazing malas, and he gave me her book called Love Without Reason, Wow! and she's like a literal mermaid goddess, like, wow. she is so dope, and what she does for the community is just unreal, like, That's so you can great. find a Larea's Bodega, L-A-R-A-Y-I-A, -A -A, mm -hmm. Bodega, like your, um, <laughs> so um, definitely check her out. Uh, 
pop into her shop. She has some amazing like collaborative like just merch her whole store is full of just like BIPOC and you know wares and goods and you know you're helping somebody who's actually like really doing a lot to help the community and help the underserved um because it's not all just like everything is great everything is wonderful like it's not and that's why we're here today (laughs) right exactly that's what we're good segue So, you know, we need a co-host. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can tell she has a podcast, which we're going to talk about later, but um, <laughs> you're a professional. <laughs> um, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about toxic positivity. Mm. Um, <laughs> toxic, toxic positivity is the assumption either by oneself or others that despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, they should have a positive mindset or like positive vibes, good vibes. I, you know, that's only we see those <laughs> words a lot in cannabis. Um, mm. And so, yeah, in an industry that is supposedly making it easier for women and marginalized folks to make a name and to create a stable future, um, we we can see a lot of this kind of attitude, right? Uh, this is because of because of that framing, though, because of the fact that this is supposed to be an industry that's like a little bit better in some ways. Um, people in these groups have a hard time verbalizing how difficult this space can be. Uh, they feel a little bit trapped, right? You know, like trapped in the toxic positivity <laughs> bubble or how, however you want to put it. Um, Maggie, you have experience with almost every element of this industry. What is one way you see toxic positivity play out? Oh, for sure. There's some, there's something in the cannabis industry that, uh, it's, it's still new. So it's basically like a toddler Mm -hmm. who's like, I'm going to draw on this wall and there's no accountability for me because that's what I do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that's that's basically how I've seen this play out time and time again uh, with brands, with companies, with just the industry as a whole is it's like, oh, you know, that episode of South Park where BP spills all the oil into the, you know, the ocean and they just keep apologizing. They're like, we're, we're sorry. We're sorry. Um, it's not even that. Like, it's just like we didn't do that. Right. Mute, block, delete. That didn't happen. Yeah. This is what happened. And it's like, no, y'all. Right. <laughs> the always comes out like people talk and people know and it's their right to share their experience it doesn't matter how positive you want it to be if it wasn't positive that's okay right not everything is right exactly not, not everybody's gonna have a positive experience with everything in cannabis I was raised to believe I was allergic to cannabis so like I was very very like no fuck that not doing this I can't you know I didn't judge my friends that smoked weed they were my best friends I was like y'all can smoke weed that's cool but like I just can't I'm allergic and they were like Maggie girl you're not and I was like no I'm gonna listen to my mom like (laughs) (laughs) my mom knows (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know I she was she was wrong but but I you know she wasn't wrong she told me because she didn't want me to go to jail she didn't want what happened to my brother who was 17 he got arrested he was white he got pro he got what's it called? I keep calling it customer service, community service. 
basically same thing, you know, oh God. Um, but he got community service and mm-hmm. this was in Southeast Tennessee. And my mom was like, no way, that's, that's not going to happen to you. If you, if the, you're allergic to weed, don't smoke it, don't touch it, don't go near it. Like mm-hmm. she absolutely knew. And as a mother, I hundred percent believed why she said it and was like, you know, there's nothing positive going to come out of this for you. If you're smoking weed on the internet, like, right. You don't get to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so now like trying to be positive about it is kind of, you know, like putting a positive, there's just a lot going on, you know, it's like, there's a lot of unlearned behavior, like, you know, to that point of what you're just talking about. Um, But, you know, for me, having worked predominantly in women occupied industries before coming to cannabis, I can understand the desire to frame cannabis as a different space. You know, this podcast is a direct reflection of that wish. Um, I would love nothing more to than to shout on the rooftops that the cannabis space fosters more of a support system amongst women and non-binary folks. But so long as we exist under the patriarchy, the industry doesn't matter. We have to be honest about our struggles as well as our concerns about being loyal to other women in this space. Um, I think we can show up for one another while also being blunt about those difficulties. What do you think? Oh, I absolutely believe so too. I mean, if we're not real with each other, then how do we grow? Right. If we're just being like, oh, that's totally fine. And you just need to look at the positive side of it and be grateful and have gratitude that it happened. How do you learn the lesson? You don't. Right. It's going to repeat itself over and over again until you break out of your toxic positivity cycle right? and be like, oh, no, I have to be accountable or I have to do this or or take constructive criticism. Like just just be able to take constructive criticism and not brush it off with that's not positive. Right. You're gaslighting me like, no, it's called accountability. Yeah, <laughs> I think I can show up for you you know, this is theoretical because you have not uh, actually been an asshole to me. But, you know, if you're being an asshole one day and I could say, you know what, I was kind of, you're kind of being an asshole. But that doesn't mean I'm still not going to tell everybody that you're amazing and wonderful and show up for you all the time. And to push it even further, there may be some people in this space that I don't agree with about a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with them personally. They're not causing harm. And I want to see women succeed at the end of the day. I want them to go forward and and dominate. But I'm also going to say, you know what? She might be a little bit rude on the phone. Uh, She might not call you back for a couple of weeks. I will tell you the truth. And that's not being negative. That's just being truthful. There's a difference in being truthful and being negative. And the cannabis industry, I mean, I think just this whole generation in general, we've become so sensitive to people being real and people being just like honest right see I just finished a book called feeling good and I've talked about it a lot on this podcast but um you know if you're a person who has anxiety you you might overthink you know that phone call well she sounded like she did not like she was mad at me she sounded like she was irritated she sounded like this this or this or she you might come away from a transaction thinking another woman thinks less of you or whatever it is. Well, instead of letting your mind go and play all kinds of games with that thought and turn it in and twist it into something actually negative, ask that woman, did I upset you? Mm -hmm. Do you not like me? Did I do something wrong? 
because a lot more is accomplished with those conversations than just getting off the phone politely, letting your brain think a billion th negative thoughts and spiral out of control, and then, you know, push away from that person or not fully support them in the way that you wanted to because you thought it was something else that it wasn't. Right. I mean, in first agreements, don't take anything personally. Nobody does anything about you ever, fucking ever. Right. Everything is about everybody's self, period. End of story. <laughs> right. If you're mad, it's about you. If exactly. you're angry, it's about you. At the end of the day, you know, uh, everyone has a million things going on and you cannot expect people to react the way that you want them to at any given moment. Um, and that is a hard lesson to learn. I mean, I learned it. At, I'm learning it still and I'm going through it every day. I have to remind myself that a lot, <laughs> yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, it's not a one and done thing. It's like right. every single day, no matter who you're talking to or what you're experiencing, even if you're just watching something being like, don't take anything personally. And you, it makes you have a different perspective when you're like, oh, and we all know this, that everybody is looking out for themselves. If it comes down to you and somebody else being shot, they're not going to be like, shoot me. Like, <laughs> like right. there's a pretty good chance that they're going to be like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a silly question. Um, since you're like the metaphysical maven, <laughs> do you think that toxic positivity has any metaphysical implications? Absolutely. Uh, we're more than just our physical body. Uh, you know, we're our emotional body, we're our spirit body. And then like certain practices believe that we have 11 like intertwined light bodies, basically. Um, and just having unrealistic hopes is self-destructive. It's, it's not good for you. It's not good for any of your bodies or your mind or your soul to, to just constantly think that to think unrealistically, like everything's not going to be positive. You're not going to break your hip and go through surgery and be good as new. Like, right. That's unrealistic. It's realistic to expect pain and to, you know, that pain will decrease over time and how, you know, your body and things will shift. You're still being positive. Like I'm not going to die from having hip surgery, but you're not giving yourself an unrealistic hope. That's just going to set you up to be disappointed unrealistic expectations. Um, I think many people perpetuate toxic positivity without realizing that they're even doing it. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just, it's like, well, I'm going to keep my bubble the way that it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to allow somebody to come in and call me out for, for whatever. Uh, Brene Brown says, integrity is choosing courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. So I've told so many people who like to keep their social media platforms just a positive circle jerk that, you know, when they post stolen content or misinformation, that that's the problem with toxic positivity because people think that they can uh, do these things and then just go onto their social media and act like nobody's going to hold them accountable when people know like toxic positivity kills constructive criticism. Like right. it, it toxic positivity kills compassion because being compassion isn't being compassionate. It's not 
ranting on Twitter about how you're doing something for your mental health and then suddenly you're an advocate and you're burning sage and you're being like posting all these pictures and you've got crystals in your house and you're wearing a mushroom necklace and you're like good vibes only like no that's spiritual bypassing and it's dangerous as fuck absolutely it's dangerous to your mental health and I would even say uh, since we're on an alliteration role, or you were, you said <laughs> you were saying some C words, collaboration. I would say that toxic positivity kills collaboration, true collaboration, because how can you really partner with someone if you're not just saying like, this is my reality. This is my struggle. I'm not complaining all the time, but this is what, what, what it is. And, and like, this is what I'm having a problem with, you know? Um, then that other person can say, well, yeah, same here. And maybe you can come up with a solution for that shared problem or something like that. But you can't really collaborate if you're not being really honest about your situation and you're just saying like, I have to keep it up here. I have to keep it, uh, you oh know. God, I can't believe that that just happened. What? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the tips um, of like how to combat toxic positivity. And we already talked about, you know, not, it's okay to not be okay. We already talked about that, but like, what are, you know, some other things that people can do to actively fight toxic positivity every day. Uh, Do you want to start Maggie? Uh, You know? Yeah, I actually, I just like today I had a therapy session with my therapist and, you know, I think that everybody should be in therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you can, you know, everybody it's great to have somebody to talk to but it's really great to have somebody to talk to that knows what is going on in the brain and knows what neurologically happens to us when we're flooded with those things so Mm -hmm. you know like one of the tools she gave me this week was like you can't control what you can't control and I think that that really is just probably the best piece of information especially when it comes to toxic positivity like you can't control what other people you can't control like if they're going to accept whatever or not like Right. If they're just going to be like that, they're going to be like that. You have a right to say, to say, you know, you have a right to speak your opinion and, and speak on your experience. But if someone has their blinders on and is just all about spiritually bypassing, like you don't have to convince them. You don't have to convince anybody. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, my therapist really kind of knocked me over with a <laughs> with the realization that I was obsessing so much over uncontrollable things when I was talking to her about you know all the things that caused me anxiety and she was like but you can't control this but you can't control, you know mm-hmm. and then she's like isn't that exhausting mm-hmm. and, and when she asked me that I was like yes Yes, it is. It is so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't control how other people feel. It seems so simple to say out loud, but then if you really pull that apart, it's like, wow, yeah, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so another thing to do is, you know, talking about we can't control how people feel or we have to validate, listen and validate, listening. That's a, a very big lesson to learn as well, you know. Um, if someone's saying you're not being inclusive, don't say, but we did this, this, and this, and this, and this, oh my you know? Fucking, oh my God. Don't even get me. Okay. You can get me started. Yes. Get you started. <laughs> when someone, especially if someone, woman, a minority comes to you and is like, Hey, you're claiming to be inclusive and diverse. And that's not my experience. Don't be like, well, if you were educated and you knew about my past, then you'd know I was inclusive. Right. Fuck you. 
And I don't right. want to be in your circle. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to support you or any of anyway. Like, right. To, you know, like, come on. And that, I, yeah. that directly, that experience directly happened to me this week in the cannabis space. And I was uh, shocked that this person didn't call to talk to me about it, but they did call my partner and waste his fucking time. Um, about it. And it, I guess it's like, I was like, I'm glad that my partner is white and he can explain to other white people where they're wrong. <laughs> because if I do it, I'm an angry, hostile black woman. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you have a completely different experience with toxic positivity being, oh, you know, God placed on you. And I can't even imagine. Uh, and that's the thing. Like if someone tells you, Hey, listen, you know, you're not doing this thing right now. Don't say like, oh, but trust me, I know it's hard. And I'm a white woman. I know it's our urge to say, you know, but we did this. And, right. you know, but this, this, and that, you know, even yeah. just the other day, like I dropped off my son at daycare and I put the forms that were needed in his bag, in the folder. At the end of the day, the teacher's like, if you could fill out this form. And I was like, oh, but I, you know, I'm pretty sure I put it in the bag. And my husband's like, well, we'll do it. And I said, did it sound like I was trying to argue? And he's like, a little bit. And I, <laughs> and I, you know, I think it's like a constant, like, these are all things that we always have to remind ourselves, but white women, especially, you know, it's, it's hard. I know. And women, <laughs> and women it's in hard general. to fight that Karen. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not hard to fight being a Karen, but it is difficult to fight the urge to be like I but I tried you know I really didn't mean want to do that yeah as women were like but I did that but I yeah but I did it like nobody else fucking did it I did it I was waiting for some you know like as women we're like we did it we you know nobody was gonna do it so I did it and right that's just <sighs> But then that should even make us more understanding of the fact that if someone comes to us mm -hmm. and tells us their experience, then we do not invalidate it. Right. Okay. If, if like every single red flag is popping up and showing you that this person is lying, that's one thing. But otherwise, believe them. <laughs> believe them. Mm -hmm. Listen to them. And look at it and go, all right, where is the kernel of truth in this? Like, even if you are so on the other side of it and you're like, there's no way. I'm being racist right now, right. you know, like try to just for one second go, all right, if I didn't know me, were my actions, could they in some way, you know, try to just pull it apart, like really pull it apart and, and look at it from how would you feel? You know, mm -hmm. we, we have humans have a hard time, especially now with COVID connecting our, our, our like inner workings to <laughs> how other people work. Right. Like, if this happened to me, how would I feel? You know, right? like put yourself in their shoes, put yourself in their skin and walk into your room or walk into your social media platform or walk into your Instagram feed and be like, wow, this doesn't look like if I looked like them that I would feel included. Like, right. It's that fucking easy. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, if people are saying like, take a seat, take a freaking seat, stay in your lane. You know, uh, because I think that is one of the biggest things that like is is a toxic positivity. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> mm -hmm. Something that like makes it go further, you know, is that we're accelerator. like accelerator. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like we we just 
we we have to be realistic about our situations as a whole and not just be like oh okay well that person you know they they have their opinion but that's not me <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's okay to be defensive but it's not okay to be like obstructive with your defensive mechanisms mm-hmm. you know with your to to not look at it in any kind of way as a an opportunity for growth you know right Um, don't assume that the person who's coming to you is not educated on what they're coming to you about maybe they researched you before they asked you why you're not inclusive yeah yeah exactly (laughs) maybe maybe they did a little research maybe they used the the uh inclusive base (laughs) that you weren't on and then they reached out with their experience like hey and uh you know how can you be more inclusive? And then if you come back and you're like, oh, I am being inclusive. If they ask you how you're doing that, that's not them being defensive. That's them saying, okay, great. I'm so glad that you're doing something. Can you tell me what you're doing? Because I don't mm-hmm. see it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And and if you're really so offended, instead of just being like, I am, I am, I am being this way, then just how about instead of saying that, saying, ask the question. Mm-hmm. How am I not being inclusive? Mm-hmm. And if that person says X, Y, Z, then that's all you need. You don't need anything else because it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you've done in this industry. What matters is that moment. What matters is the impact mm. that you have with mm-hmm. your messages. And so, you know, it's like overall, I think that we can make a difference in this space. And I, I think that this could be a better place for women, people of color, and all mar- marginalized folks. But but not if we continue this, like, let's just support each other right. without talking about the issues. Right. And if we continue to you know, drown out other people's lived experiences who are the most negatively impacted by the war on drugs, then, you know, why are you even in this space? Like, what is the point of being in this space if you're not really trying to listen and and learn and, and just give opportunities absorb. to people and give who opportunities are marginalized and directly affected? Absolutely. Like, you know, with Mission Green, one of the things they do is once, you, you know, if you like when you get out of prison, they help you like become another like member of society because it's not like when you come out of prison, you're, you're automatically just like back in, in, in normal life. Like it's a privilege to be working in cannabis. And it's especially a privilege to be a white person working in cannabis. Like every absolutely sit the fuck down and realize that like, this isn't like, this isn't your playground. This isn't your Vogue cover. This isn't your top 10 fucking best CBD. What the fuck ever. It's not right. It's right. Not. And if you keep paying to get on those lists, everybody knows who's paid to get on those lists. Like, right. We all know that it's paid for. And like, yeah. it doesn't make you look good. It doesn't give you clout to be a top 24 woman in cannabis. If you paid right. your PR agent to get on that list, like congratulations, right. you have the privilege of paying a PR person to get on a list that a marginalized person doesn't have the ability to do that. So congrats yeah. for being a top 20 rich, privileged white person. Like who cares? Right. Who cares? Yeah, yeah literally, who cares? You know, <laughs> like, really, that's where I'm at the point. Yeah. I'm at that point now. Where it's like, 
I mean, how dare you talk about it doesn't fit my aesthetic, you know? I mean, <laughs> and they don't even say that, but they say it in certain ways. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And it's like at this point, if you're coming into the industry with like a luxury brand or a lifestyle brand and you do not acknowledge all the many injustices that are currently going on in this space and how they intersect with other issues in other industries that have nothing to do with cannabis, then you really, really don't have any business being in it at this point. Like (laughs) you just... You just don't like, I don't want to hear about it. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I'm over it. I've been interviewing people for the last five years and I've done enough of those interviews where it's just la 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 la. I'm like sunshine and rainbows and I'm super cute and I smoke pot, but like you wouldn't expect me to. And right. I, <laughs> I'm tired of that message. Oh you my know? God. Um, I'm, I'm so tired of, I used to live in a non-legal state and I would sell weed because I'm privileged and white yeah. and I wouldn't get arrested for selling drugs yeah. to my friends. And now I'm an exec at a cannabis company. Like, please yeah. shut the fuck up. Let's keep it positive because we get to smoke the plant and that's the most positive thing ever. Good vibes only. Good vibes yeah. only. Like breathe in the good shit, exhale the bad shit. No, bitch, breathe in good shit and then exhale something that's On the actually beach. productive. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, come on now. <laughs> anyway, so can you tell we've been through it? Anyway. <laughs> our experience y'all we know y'all have been through it we're literally i'm hosting a clubhouse room next monday called like cannabis marketing horror stories so like come join it i will be in there hell yes it's me (laughs) miranda cummings um whitney adrian and um morgan from this cannabis life stoned and toned and we're just gonna like have a good little chat listen to we want to hear their we want to hear the experiences and it's going to be like a weekly room where it's like a safe, you know, somebody called a safe space, a brave space yesterday. And I loved that. Like, I, I like loved that it. And I was like, yeah, this is a brave space for you to come in and be like, whew, that's the lesson I learned. And it's not, yeah. not being, it's not a space for toxic positivity. It's not. <laughs> no. This is a no. safe space from toxic positivity. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Uh, so is there anything else that you would like to promote or do you have any other calls to action before we end? Oh, let me see. So I would say I definitely, Oh no, I just like made my whole screen go away. Um, (laughs) uh, I would definitely say, you know, um, if you're, if you're a creative, if you're an artist or you're anybody that wants to, you know, get in, get in cannabis or likes, you know, likes the industry and is in the industry and is looking for something to like show your creative pursuits and you feel like you're not being heard. Uh, I created a collaborator network for Fruits Labs where we basically were looking to support creatives and, and make it, you know, and actually do that um, and not just be like, we support BIPOC. And then you go on to something and you're like, how are you doing this? Like, you know, we want to use our connections and our resources. So it's free to join. And then we give you free product <laughs> and we give you free swag and we use our connections and our resources to help you do what you want to do. Like we combine the best of our strengths. And I basically, when I came into Fruits Labs, I created this network because I see that there is such a pay to play in the cannabis industry. Uh, Even when it comes down to 
marketing campaigns, like you can see if you watch brands, the girls that go from marketing campaign from one brand to another marketing campaign in one and another brand because their girlfriend is like the person who's in charge. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the same face over and over again. Oh, that girl used to be a proponent for this. Oh, now she's a proponent for this. But where's the BIPOC people? Where mm-hmm. are the Latinx people? Where are the trans people? Like, where are they? Like, we know that yeah. cannabis is not just white, blonde, girl, whatever. Like, it's it's more than that. It's always been more than that. It's always going to be more than that. And that's why mm-hmm. I created the Collaborator Network. And we've got, like, 15 people in the network right now. Everybody from Latinx, BIPOC, um, trans, like, uh, um, LGBTQ, uh, trans, just, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful space where they all come together and they're like, this is my strong suit. And this is my strong suit. And like one, one of them like is a traveling girl in an RV and she's like a plant-based, you know, a plant-based liver, like a mobile person. Like, I don't even know what it's called, but like, there's a word for it, like mobile living, you know, like off the grid, but they're a lot of people traveling. are doing that now. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's basically, you know, <clears throat> say follow Fruit Slabs and join our collaborator network because we want to help. We want to help get the word out. We want the people who are using cannabis, who have disabilities, who are the actual face of what this movement is about to, yes. if they want to be included, yeah. like our doors are open and there's nothing I'd rather do with Fruit Slabs than make it more inclusive um, than, you know, everybody can be more inclusive and everybody in the cannabis industry can just, you know, be more mindful of, of not being so toxically positive. <laughs> like. Right. Uh, what was the name again of the, um, the person you're working with? You said the it cut out right when you're saying vegan, was it the traveling vegan? Uh, the traveling herbivore is one of our oh, traveling herbivore and they're called post collaborators. Oh. that's so cute I love it yeah for the website and you join you fill out a google form you tell us your instagram you tell us what you want to do we've got a great guy who's like a videographer and he's like oh I'll make I'll make dope ass videos and we were like sweet we'll send you some products and we send him products and he's made dope ass videos for us the guy who made our malas the one who is um uh Lorea's brother like mm-hmm. we were like, you know, do you want to be a co-collaborator? And he made matching malas for all the fruit slab skews. So you can literally like do a meditation with your fruit slabs. That's like amethyst or, you know, fluorite, like literally the meditation for your vibe. Like, wow. It's amazing. And that's something that he, like him and our CEO collaboratively came up with because that's his strong suit is making spiritual, but bougie jewelry. So they're like, $250 malas like they're stacked with real crystals and Swarovski and shit like but wow. that's what he does and it's like that's dope you know how can we work with you and it formed a beautiful partnership we found out about his sister and all the awesome things that she does so I'd say everybody that I've mentioned in this episode please go follow their Instagrams their websites donate to Project Mission Green if you can even five dollars you would be so surprised how much five dollars does for somebody in commissary like it it could it could change their life it could make their kids life could make somebody getting a phone call for mother's day like honestly yes it's so expensive when my brother was in prison i paid for his phone cards a lot Mm -hmm. and i mean you go through those so quickly i mean i don't know if they still use phone cards but 
Yeah, you still have to Some, like you know. pay to make a phone call in prison. That's what Weldon talked about. Oh that. yeah, Weldon shared that that's he had to like make whole industry. Yeah. Oh, don't even. That's another episode. The industrial prison complex. We'll have that. I. Have another that's episode. another five episodes. <laughs> yeah. That's like a whole. Oh yeah. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. Woo. But that's amazing, and I I love that you put that in there. Um, and what about uh your metaphysical side of things? Is oh, there anything that you wanted to mention? Yes. So uh, I'm actually making a tarot deck with a really great company out of the United Kingdom, and uh, it'll be available next year, um, in the fall of 2022. And just a little teaser: it's going to be a metaphysical cannabis oracle deck. Wow! I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I'm very excited too. If you're familiar with the Modern Witch Tarot, there it's going to be through that company. So, uh, the Modern Witch Tarot came out wow. a couple of years ago, and it's like very uh, inclusive and diverse and like LGBTQ friendly. It's like it's the number one best selling tarot deck on Amazon right now because it's awesome. It has almost like eleven thousand five star reviews. Wow. Yeah. So like that's amazing. It's going to be good. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited and I am so excited that you spent time with me today and I can't thank you enough. Please come back anytime. Yes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.